Thank you guys so much uh, for being here. Hopefully uh, some more will uh, come on in. But you guys know that for years uh, I have been convinced until we began to do things at home, the church will not have its place of significance, especially with our kids, that it should have. And so this is a, another attempt to uh, get people to buy in to family home worship. And I'm so glad that uh, we have called this the godly home because uh, this morning I was thinking about, uh, you know, you, you, if you've got an abode, is it casa? Is it casa in Spanish? Yeah, if you've got a casa uh, or a home with a roof over it, you have a godly home whether you're one, two, or a dozen. <coughs> so this is applicable to everybody that we ought to have a godly home, and it doesn't matter whether we're single or married. So, uh, uh, like I said, it's just another attempt to, uh, for God, not me, it's pretty obvious for God to show people how important it is to have a godly home and godly home worship. So we won't meet every Sunday. I couldn't handle it. You guys probably couldn't handle it. Uh, it's a once a month deal. And uh, in between our meetings, we'll have an assignment. You'll have an assignment uh, today uh, for, for your, uh, until next month. So let me pray for us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. I thank you for the opportunity to talk about the godly home, uh, to encourage these men to establish uh, their homes as a godly home. I pray that you'd bless our time together today. I pray that you would do with this uh, movement towards uh, family home worship, uh, uh, the godly home. I pray that you'd do with it what you see fit to do here and wherever else you might want to work. Lord, we uh, thank you again for the ones that are here. We pray that you'd bless our time together. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So you should have a handout. Okay? Uh, everybody should have a handout, and two handouts. One of them's a half sheet of paper. And uh, if you guys would help me with that, we can we can get going. So you every week when you come in, you will uh, you'll you'll have a handout, at least one handout. You need to bring your Bibles and uh, you need to bring your godly home book. So that's what you'll need to have when you come in. So let me tell you what's going on and what precipitated this uh, coming about when it did. Uh, one guy that I've been visiting with, who by the way is not here this morning, uh, he suggested that we go back to monthly men's meeting. Uh, you guys remember we used to meet once a month and have a breakfast, and then we went to four times a month. We thought it might increase the crowd, and it did exactly the opposite. Now, we're not going to eat uh, every now next month we'll eat but we're not normally going to eat we're normally going to come through get our coffee uh, get our get our stuff and then uh, we'll come over here for the meeting so that's how it's going to work but let me tell you what really brought this about at this point I want to tell you about camp church camp you, you know some of you guys haven't heard this so I, I want you to hear it we, we are going to have some church camp energy that we are going to redirect. Uh, for some of you know how much energy it takes to pull off church camp. Some of you know how much energy it takes to uh, to do what we do up there. Uh, and, it, and another thing too, it takes a tremendous amount of our budget 
to do that. So we have come to see that we think we can be more effective if we will redirect that energy that we use at church camp, uh, sometimes upon kids and families we have new, no influence over, if we redirect that energy towards dads and moms and teaching them how to be godly husbands and godly moms and their sons at the same time will be more effective. So church camp, uh, we won't be going to church camp next year. Uh, we're going to direct all of our energy towards here and towards going into homes and encouraging men to become the spiritual leaders in those homes and to fa have family home worship. It's uh, a Titus 2. If you've got your Bible, turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, I'm going to begin in, in verse 1. But it's for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Here we go. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love and in steadfastness. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slander or slaves to too much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teacher's teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bond servants will be submissive to their own masters and everything. They're to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. So men in particular are to be the spiritual leaders in their home. They're to teach especially their children and young men in the home. But for all of us, whether we've got children at home or not, uh, when we move up in age increments, we have younger people that we can teach. And that's where we're going. We want the older men to teach the younger men, the older women to teach the younger men, and that would go right down to the home as well as in the church. So this is our first meeting. Uh, the women will meet next week for the first time. Encourage your wives to be here at 5 p.m., I think they will meet next door because we don't have two things going on Sunday afternoon. So that booklet that you got is your go-to booklet. Okay? Y'all show it to me. This is your go-to booklet. Okay? Uh, just keep it in your Bible. Alright? This is our go-to booklet. We're going to work through this beginning and uh, then uh, it will be things that we continue to refer back to. We have it in English and Spanish. You need to have one for yourself. You need to have one for your wife. You don't need two or three. So if you've got one at home, uh, leave this one here today. So we'll, we'll have this book. So each, me each week we'll have weekly meetings with men and boys. And hopefully throughout the year, at least four times, we'll have some type of activity. A fishing trip, a work day. Uh, something like that. We'll do th 
do things where men and boys uh, get together. Now, I want you guys to work at becoming, listen to me, this is a terrible word for men, I want you to work at becoming readers. Okay? You've got to be readers. You've got, you've got to get off your phone and get on the internet and become readers of good stuff. And it starts with your Bible. And it continues with good, godly material like this. Okay? This is called Grace Broadcasters. Uh, we support this group. We, in our budgets, you support this group. They pass out this literature free throughout the world. Now, we're gracious. When we order stuff from them, we pay for it. It is great stuff. And in this, the little half sheet of paper you got, okay, that little half sheet of paper, it shows you all the different grace broadcasters. You got that little half sheet? Look on it. There's 12 different titles about godly homes, about women, and about godly men, and about parenting. I hope I live to see the day that I've carried you men through every one of those. Good stuff. I'm talking about it is life-changing stuff. Lewis, life-changing stuff. It's good stuff. You've got to become readers. And what you do read, you need to share with your wives and your kids. It's nuggets that you can come up with to share with them, to share with your sons. All right? The second thing Hopefully, your wives are going to be doing the same thing we're doing. And so, during the week, you'll be able to study with them, okay? Study with them what you have been studying. Uh, there's also two other little booklets that you need to, uh, uh, to be familiar with. And you need to have in your presence at all time. That is the Catechism for Children. It, this is a great tool. And you also need the Baptist Confession of Faith. Okay? So, those are the things that you need to have. You need to become uh, familiar with all of those. Now, listen to me. We have been fighting since at least 1990 in America in the Christian evangelical circle to motivate men to step up and become godly men that God wants them to be. We've had... We've had rallies, I don't know the biggest rally, maybe 100,000 men at a Promise Keepers rally. We've tried fish fries, we've tried all, we've had wild game dinners, we've tried all kinds of things to get men motivated. But we've never told them what their spiritual significance is as a man. Here's your spiritual significance as a man. Come to know God. Be a follower of Jesus and be headed to heaven. That's how you're going to find your spiritual significance. That's how, that's how, as a Christian, you're going to find your significance. Secondly, if you're married, you're going to be striving to take that woman and your children with you to heaven. Now, when a man takes that on, he's got something that's important, something that is life-changing. And I believe that's what's going to... That's what's going to motivate men to know what their calling is and to accept that calling. A Christian man will find his real significance when he is headed to heaven and doing all he can to take his wife, children, and other men with him. So, you've got your notes, and we're going to be looking at the, those notes. This is from Grace Broadcaster number 170, The Godly Home, Lesson 1. And lesson one in your book, when you turn to it, is family worship. 
I can tell you I figured out this morning why family worship came first. Uh, because that's the key to it all. If you're going to have a godly home, listen to me, there's two keys. Be saved, be a follower of Jesus, and have family worship. Worship in your home. That's what we're talking about. Now, there's no duty or command in God's Word to have family worship. But there's all kinds of biblical examples that that, hap that, that, uh, that did happen in biblical times. Uh, I apologize to you uh, uh, Latinos that would have liked to have the scripture in uh, Spanish. I didn't have time this week. I'll try to do better next week and have uh, a, a booklet that is also in Spanish. So let, let's look at some of those examples, okay? Are y'all with me? Okay. You've, you've got your study. You're following along in the scripture, right? All right. You should have a booklet that says family home worship. It's got the scripture. Y'all got it? Okay. I know it's a little early. <laughs> it's a, just a tad early. Okay. So somebody show everybody what that little booklet looks like. Just a little little booklet like we have all the time. That's all you need is another booklet. Well, you need that one. All right, look at Genesis 12, 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So listen to what Abram did. So there he built an what? Altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. <clears throat> Tell me what that is. Y'all can respond. When you build an altar, what are you about to do? Worship. Worship. Look at uh, Genesis 13, 4. To the place where he had made an altar at the first, and there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. So he built an altar, and he called upon and worshipped the Lord. I think the next one is the best one. Genesis 18, 19. For I have chosen him, Abram, that he may, listen to this, command his children. The King James says, that he, he, he has been called and commanded to raise his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he had promised him. You see, all these examples of what a man ought to be doing in the home. So, are we not seeds of Abraham? Is Abraham not the spiritual Israel? And aren't we seeds of Abraham? Well, look what the scripture says. John 8, 39. They answered him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, If you are Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. Okay? If, if we're seeds of Abraham, we'll be doing the things that Abraham did. And what did Abraham, Abraham and our Abraham, what did he do uh, with his family and in concerns in regards to worship. He worshiped. He built altars. He worshiped as a family. Look at Galatians 3.29. And if you're, if you're Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Now, we'll do this lesson in, in different ways. And all I'm doing to you is giving you that first article. Three pages. Your first assignment is to read those three pages. Okay? Uh, and we also have those in Spanish and English. The Grace Broadcaster for this. We have it in Spanish and English. So your first assignment is to read those three pages. Take notes. Study it. And when you've got it in your mind, then you're going to encourage your wife to do the same and study with her. 
Now, we could go on and on, could we not, about examples in the Bible? All right? Uh, look at 2 Samuel 6.20. You've got it there. And David returned from, from battle. You remember when he came back from winning a battle? And he came back and he was celebrating and, and, and dancing. And, and remember his uh, wife, daughter, wow. wife, uh, made fun of him for his dancing. What, what, what was he doing? He came back and he was worshiping. And he was sharing with his household what had happened. That's what needs to happen in our life. Men need to be sharing with their households what's going on where in their life. That's what a man's called to do. Joshua 24, 15. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but is for me and my house, what? Well, is it not about time that men say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we will worship the Lord together and we will study and become stronger Christians as a family. It's time for that to happen. And I am absolutely convinced until parents get back to spiritually raising their kids, America is going to continue to go on a downward spiral. It's, it's clear to me what's wrong in America. It's clear to me what's wrong in the church. That families aren't raising their kids. Even church families are not raising their kids to know the Lord. Then you have Job. You remember old Job? What was he always doing? He was always praying for his kids. You remember what it said? In case they might have sinned. Well, let me tell you about our kids. Let me tell you about our grandkids. They are sinning. And we need to be interceding for them all the time. We should follow the examples of Job. So how about the New Testament? Is there, are, are there any example in the New Testament? Families worship together? 2 Timothy 3, 14-17 But as for you, continue what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Who taught Timothy the Scripture? I know these two women. Tell me who they were. Mother and grandmother, Eunice and Lois. Okay? So he says, Timothy, you know who you learned it from. Now he had a daddy, okay? But for some reason that daddy was absent and not doing what God had called him to do. I don't know, we don't know from history exactly where his daddy was. He could have died. We don't, we don't know that. But we know who taught him the scripture. Where did it happen? It happened at home. So then listen to Jeremiah 10, 25. Wow. This is a threat to men when worship is not carried out in the home. Jeremiah 10, 25. Pour out your wrath on the nations that you know not and on the peoples that call not on your name. Okay? It's, it's a good indication that if we're not men of prayer and men of the word, we don't know God and He would not know us the way we should know Him, and He should know us. Pour out your wrath on the nations that know you not, and on the peoples that call not on your name. For they have devoured Jacob, they have devoured him and consumed him, and have laid waste in his habitation. There, there is a threat of punishment against families that do not worship together. It's a very condemning scripture. 
Now, when I say old guys, I'm not talking about me and Tom or even Brother Bob. When I say old guys, I'm talking about guys that are 100 years ago or 200 years ago or 400 years ago. And, and anytime you see a Grace broadcaster, it's a real good, it's way more likely that they were born in the 1600s than in the 1900s. Okay? Way more likely. So, the old guys said this, prayerless families are the same as heathens. He, he, what, what they're really saying is, a family that doesn't pray together is, even if they call it to be a Christian home, are like heathens. That's what they say. So Pink, in that article that you're looking at, Pink's one of the younger guys. He died in 1952, I believe. Okay, he's, But he, they, he's got lots of writings. He, he wrote lots of things. Here's what he said. Private devotions are just the beginning. Okay? So how does it all start? You've got to have your time with the Lord. It starts there. Well, it starts in being saved. It starts in being born again. And a man who is saved and born again will be daily, I say daily, most days in the Word and on his knees in prayer. So it starts there. And whatever you find there, who do you bring to? Your wife and your kids. Out of your private, personal relationship with the Lord, you go into leading your family to have that personal relationship with the Lord. Oh, guys, Pete, you're going to read it in there. Just three pages. All right, this is a this is assignment. Okay, I know y'all hate them. When you've read those three pages, text me. <coughs> really, you know, I send out texts. I get them too. All right, so that's your assignment. Now listen, Pete says you'll have family devotions twice a day, morning and evening. All right, now get this. We're asking you to have family devotions once a week. Because that's what? That's a start. Remember how it starts now? It starts with your personal devotion. It goes into a devotion with your wife, praying with your wife, kids. That's how it all goes about. Now, the old guy says, a family without prayer is like a house without a roof. No protection. Do you hear me? Y'all know what happens with a, uh, a roof? A house with a roof, it's just got a hole in it. Tell me what happens in a few months. Tell me what happened over in our kitchen. When, when, when the uh, pipe going out from our oven, when it leaked, what happened after several months of leaking? We had a rot. We had damage. That's what happens when a man and, and the family doesn't pray over their household. Now, so what do we do in that prayer time? Well, first of all, we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, for being our God. Thank you for saving us. Uh, we thank you for our parents and our kids. And so when they all came together in the old days, uh, you know, there was usually a household, and, and that household included not only family, but also people who worked in that family and lived with that family. So when, when they got together, they brought everybody together. The head, the mom, 
those that worked and served in the home, they all came together for family worship. Now, we study a little acronym in Genesis, Answers in Genesis Sunday School, and we have a little acronym for prayer. Who can give me the, the four letters? ACTS. ACTS. It's, it's a little simple way, you've got it there, that you can pray. So you start out by acknowledging God, thanking God, loving on God, telling you love Him, acknowledging who He is. Who he is. Then you go to confessions of sin. And then you go to th times of thanksgiving, just thanking Him for what He's done in your family and in the home. And then the last one is supplication or asking for things that people in your family need, especially spiritual things. So memorize that. I mean, it's simple. And you can use that. So when it comes time for prayer, when it comes time for family prayer, what do you have? You've got a what? You've got a guide. You don't have to scratch your head. You don't have to think about what you're going to do. And you just let it flow. You, you, you just got to begin to practice and let it flow. Now, what would you talk about in this time, this family time, in your prayer time? What would you talk about? Well, you, you would talk about God's holiness and His mercy. Did you see those comparisons? Not only is He holy and just, but He's also merciful. You'd talk about His power. He is powerful. He can destroy with easily, but He's also tender. You'd talk about justice. You'd talk about grace. You'd talk about life. You'd talk about death. You'd talk about guilt. You'd talk about judgment. You'd talk about these things with your children, and they, need, they want to hear from you all of those different attributes of God. That's the things that you talk about. So, daily. I would suggest this daily. I, I don't know if you can, you can do two things at once, but daily, guys. Daily, there ought to be at least a prayer and a short Bible reading with your family. Daily. Now, the old guys said daily, morning and night, you'd have what? Family worship. Okay? Family worship. So, I probably, uh, I, may have, uh, I may have left it out of my notes, and I may have missed it because I left it out of my notes. But uh, I'm, I'm going to catch you up. I'm going to catch you up on it right now. So, private prayer. Private time with the Lord. Bible reading and prayer time. That's your private time with the Lord. In family home worship, Bible study, once a week, once a week you would have a time of Bible reading, a time of prayer, a time of instruction. That's where you teach them. A time of instruction uh, out of the catechism, out of the confessional, out of this book that you're reading. You, you got it now, and I'll get these notes to you next week. I don't, I don't, know, uh, I don't know how I left those out because I had them in my other notes. Okay, so... Okay, I've, I've got it. I've just got to it. Didn't, didn't go far enough. Okay, so daily, a short Bible reading and prayer. Now, what do you pray about on a daily basis? Whatever's going on in your life. Whatever's going on in your kid's life. Okay? Now, we're talking about now family worship. You see the note says weekly? Prayer, Bible reading, study. Catechism, confessional, books of the Bible, scripture memorization, you do those things. Those are study. Okay? We're going to do those once a week. Now, listen to what it says. This will prevent much sin and promote piety. 
I, and I have to define myself and remind myself what piety is. It's devotion and love towards God. We want to teach our children to have love and devotion towards God. Well, how better to do that than for them to see our private devotion and love towards God and see us walk that out and talk about that and do that as a family. Okay? All right. Look at Psalm 78, 5 through 7. He established the testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to do what? Huh? Can y'all read? No, you've got it in your notes. You've got it in your little booklet. Okay, all the scripture that I'm giving is in the little booklet. Y'all got your hands on them so you can follow along? All right, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. I am so sorry. I gave y'all too many things to handle. You've got a grace broadcaster, and then you've got a little booklet that's got the notes in it. Billy needs one. Somebody hand him one. Hand Billy one. All right? Yeah. All right, so here we go. Psalm 78, 5 through 7. So when I stop, y'all are supposed to read it for me, okay? He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers. Where'd that come from? Right out of Psalms, right? Okay. That the, look, what's it say? That who? All right, so if it's not taught to your generation, what's going to happen? They've lost it. That the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to your children. Now, hey, listen. We started out saying there wasn't a specific command in God's Word, but I think that's a pretty strong command right there. What do you think in the Psalms? So let me read it again. He established the testimony in Jacob, appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation may know them and the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. What's, what's he talking about there? That your kids don't forget God and don't forget what God did. All right. Then you want to finish up with a great promise. What would that great promise be? Look at Matthew 18, 19 and 20. Hmm. Again, I say to you, if how many? Two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven for where two or three are gathered into my name, there I am among them. Would that be you and your wife? That's not talking about church. It's just talking about when Christians get together. So when you pray, what should you pray that your what should your kids hear when you began to, to your prayer? God, we thank you that you are God Almighty. Thank you, God, that you're um, omnipresent, and thank you, God, that you're what? Here today. That's what you can claim. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. So I'll just kind of walk you through it. If you turn in your booklet now, your Grace Broadcaster, the Grace. this is a Grace Broadcaster, turn in your Grace Broadcaster to where it says Family Worship. 
Are you there? Okay. So next week we'll begin, or next month we'll begin, by you asking me questions about this one that you and your wife and your kids came up with. Okay? I'm on, I'm on family worship. Uh, how do you say family worship in Spanish, Paul? Uh, huh? Okay, good, good. Okay, so uh, this, is where I, this is where I came up with all these notes and these scriptures. So uh, I, I, I want you to see how the, the little book works. Okay, so go to page two. So you, you may not can see mine, but I underline, I bracket, I put errors in there. So what? So when I, got, when I want to go back to my wife and my kids, I can show them what I came up with, right? Take notes, put errors, read diligently. I don't know. I had one of these, original. It was worn out. So a couple of months ago, I was at Charlton Recreation Area. I'd never been there before. I was at Charlton Recreation Area, and there was a new couple. Well, there was a couple. They were on their first anniversary trip. First anniversary trip. I gave them my godly home, so I, I lost my original. But, but I'm telling you guys, oh my. Tell me, John, you wouldn't have liked this. Charles, how would you have liked to have had this knowledge when you got married? Now, whose responsibility is it to give? Who, who are we responsible for giving this information to? Our kids, especially our sons. Y'all with me? Now look, do we, all re do we all have regrets about how we've done things? Does anybody here besides me have a regret? Okay. So, but if we had known better, we would what? We'd do better. Now listen to me. You, I don't know, on your booklet, I bet it's got some information about Mar Maranatha Baptist Church stacks. Does it have it? No, Oh, those are brand new ones. Okay. Anyway, all, all the rest of them that you get will have our information on it, okay? Listen, when you find a man that you can teach these kind of things, you give him that booklet and tell him where he can go to hear that kind of preaching and that kind of teaching. There's men out there, listen, there are men out there, you know there's men out there looking for their significance. How many of them are finding it in the world? And it doesn't last. We have the answer to where a man finds his spiritual significance. Okay, so uh, uh, so right at the end, now don't uh, go to the end of that article on the third page. Talk, it tells you about who Pink is. It tells you he was an itinerant Bible teacher, voluminous author of studies in the Scripture and many books including his well-known The Sovereignty of God. Born in Great Britain, immigrated to the U.S., and later returned to his homeland. Let me tell you what happened to him when he died. Nobody had let him preach for him. He got fired in every church he went to. That's what happens to lots of people that preach the truth. Alright? And then right down below there is a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Y'all see that? Follow along. It says, Family prayer and the pul pulpit are the bulwarks of Protestantism. Uh, Christianity. 
Where did he say? Family worship, family prayer, and the pulpit. That's what Christianity is all centered around. Depend upon it. When family piety goes down, when family devotion goes down, y'all following along? Is that in Spanish for you guys? Uh, at the bottom? Okay, it's not in there. Okay. Okay, so uh, depending on it, when family devotion goes down, the life of godliness will become very low. In Europe, at any rate, seeing that the Christian faith began with a converted household, we ought to seek after the conversion of all our families and to maintain within our houses the good and holy practice of family worship. All right, comments or questions? Ah. That's a great, that's a, that's a great teacher. Thank you, Theodos. Uh, okay, so so go to First Timothy chapter three. I can promise you, you will not hear this preached. First Timothy chapter three. Next week I'll have it in Spanish. If you bring your Bibles, you could uh, you could you could follow along. I want to tell you why most men in pulpits are not qualified. Y'all hear me? I'm going to tell you why most preachers are not qualified to preach. I want to tell you why most men are not qualified to be elders. I'm going to tell you why most men are not qualified to be youth ministers nor deacons. We're looking at qualifications of elders and teachers and preachers. 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3, you there? The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. So we, we put all this emphasis on those. Okay? They can't be a drunkard. They can't be divorced and remarried. Uh, all of those different qualifications. But we ignore the next scripture. Verse 4. He must manage his own household well and with all dignity keeping his children submissive. For if anyone does not know how to manage his own household, look at this next part. How will he care for the church of God? So in other words, if you can't take care of your wife and children spiritually, you are not qualified to do it in the pulpit. Now, David Miller, he tells me this all the time. Preacher, that's a pretty tall tree to climb. I'll tell you why you don't hear this preached. You can't preach it if you didn't do it unless you're willing to confess, unless you're willing to say I was wrong. Then you can. Hey, if we had known better, listen, I didn't know that. By the grace of God, God qualified me when I was a lost man. When I was a lost man, before I was transformed, I was doing this in my home by the grace of God. Do you know all you can do if you didn't 
is to tell God, if I'd have known better, I'd have done better. Now here's what you can do. Man up and show men what qualifies them to be leaders in the church. Just man up. You won't hear it preached. I know one preacher. I know one preacher for sure that does it in the home. That's it. Lord, we thank you for this time together. I thank you for these guys. I thank you for your teaching. I thank you for Christ Broadcaster. I thank you for Chapel Library, Mount Zion Bible Church, dear Lord, in Pensacola. I thank you for these men that are here. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would raise these men up supernaturally to be godly leaders, spiritual leaders in their home and in their church, that they might be headed to heaven, taking their wife and their kids with them. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name that we do. Amen. One comment. One question. All right, y'all got it. What are you supposed to do with me after you read those three pages really good? Yeah, then I'm going to text you back and say, when you've shared it with your wife, text me back. All right, do we all need a little accountability? Huh? Do you guys think that the men that are not here, right? Thank you for being here. Do you think we as leaders in the church ought to go into their homes and ask them why they weren't here? Huh? It's an emphasis. All right, guys, I love y'all. Have a great day.